Hi, this is Craig Janney listening to the Blues Podcast in the Stanley Cup Finals. Things are not great. They are blue. Hmm. They said we couldn't be here. Look nervous. Podcast host Jason along with Chris. Yo, all right, it is that time of year. Uh, NHL playoffs are here. We uh, got our you know, kind of had our opponent lined up for a while now, just figuring out the home ice situation, and that got figured yep. out in this last game, uh, kind of like yeah, anticlimactically to a degree. I mean, sure. Minnesota kind of was winning handily, and uh. And the Blues just, eh, I've heard conflicting things. I've heard, you said they just didn't look like they're trying it didn't play well. And I've heard they were just kind of half-assing it. And uh, they were I short think a couple guys. The, I think they were trying for the first two periods. I think they saw the Minnesota score after the second period and just said, F it. Because the team that played the third period won the team that played the first two. Like, granted, Vegas came out ready to play. They wanted to end with the W. But the Blues were in it to win it too. Mm. <coughs> yeah, so Minnesota was um, on a roll, like so, like the Blues. They're, they both teams playing stupid well. Like the top three teams in the Central were playing ridiculous, well, pretty much from the end of March. Well, let's use it back the end of February through March and into April. Pretty much all three teams: Colorado, Minnesota. Because the way the Blues are playing, they made up a whopping four points on Colorado yeah. like that That's whole time crazy. where they went 14 0 and two and they still only made up four points. Yeah. I mean, that, that tells you number one, how strong the central division is. And number two, how evenly matched all these teams are like, don't get me wrong. I think Colorado is still a little bit ahead of where the blues and wild are. Mm-hmm. But I also think that it's not out of the realm as we saw against Colorado this week, it's not out of the realm for the Blues to upset them, nor Minnesota to upset them. Um, you know, I think that it came down to the fact that game 82, the Blues were playing a fully loaded Vegas team, which, let's be honest, that's a good team who just underperformed. Mm-hmm. And Minnesota was playing Colorado's AHL team. Yeah, the Colorado sat a lot of people, which was not surprising. Uh, since Colorado pretty much wrapped up uh, or was cl- trying to get the president's trophy, but I think they just, they were out of it by then. So they pretty much uh, didn't need anything. So yeah, nothing to play for. Yeah. So they just rested whoever they could. Uh, so the only big thing came out of that game was the big uh, third line uh, of Minnesota suffered a really bad injury on a kind of nasty knee to knee hit. Uh, Marcus Foliano is probably out for the blue, the rest of the series, maybe the playoffs for yeah. that. That is their big third grind them down line. A lot of big guys. So that line it now gets Nicholas uh, Delorier, who's picked up from Anaheim a lot, not as good. 
as Foliano offensively, maybe but decent defensively, but he also takes a lot of penalties. So that could be something the Blues look for uh, yeah. during the series. So uh, we'll jump into that. Before we get into that, I want to ask you the uh, kind of question that's been floating around due to a lot of high. So basically both in the East and West, there's a couple of divisions where in the first round, we're going to lose two 100 point teams, no matter what. Now, obviously our, ours is one. And then I believe the Rangers and Canes are the other one. Yeah. So you're losing two big teams right off the bat, which let's be honest, if these are spread out. So if the, if we go back to the old one versus eight thing, the blues sure. are, the blues are going to be, would be playing right now. The Edmonton Oilers. I don't know if that's a better matchup for the blues. Let's be honest. Speed, speed wise, the blues seem to struggle against speed. So I'd be curious to be like, do you, do you think the, they need to consider redoing this? I know they're trying to do something with like having rivalries and stuff and that's the way they do it, but it kind of seems you're knocking out at least one yeah. really good team every time, which the point of we're playing for the regular season is so you get a better playoff matchup and you're really not right. getting a playoff better matchup. You're kind of getting, a, you're still getting a strong team because Colorado was so far ahead. You weren't going to catch them. Still 109 <laughs> points for the blues is nothing to sneeze at. Let's be honest. No, it's not. Um, I don't know what the answer is to this. I can make an argument for and against the way it is and the old way. I get that coming out of the last hockey stoppage, or not the last one, but the one um, back in, what was it, uh, 04, 05? Yeah. When they came out and decided, all right, this is the new scheme for the playoffs. Why they did it? Because hockey needed um, energy and needed fans. And what better way to bring fans in than have rivalries in the first round of the playoffs? That being said, um, I think you've seen over the last few years the emergence of a dominant division in both conferences. Um, and it sucks because you're right. Like, you know, St. Louis or Minnesota, one of them's going home at the end of the first. It's just going to happen. Uh, and like you said, the same in the East with the Rangers and, and, and Canes. I, I don't know. You know, I think that the old one versus eight is awesome. It it gets rid of some repetitiveness. Like, remember the stretch of like eight years in a row, it seemed like, where we always played Chicago in the first round? Correct. Um, so it gets rid of that. It gives you more variety. Um, it helps you avoid buzzsaw teams. It, you know, like if you're in the middle of, of like, you know, the blues when the Chicago was, you know, having their dynasty, you're screwed because you're, mm-hmm. you're pulling the Blackhawks every year. Um, but at the same time, you know, I remember back when there was the Norris division uh, playoffs and then you had to get through the Norris division and then you went to the, you know, Campbell conference finals and then to the Stanley cup final. That's not too Undifferent than this, than the current situation we have. Uh, this one just has the wrinkle of the wild card. So, short answer long, I personally, I think I'd like to like us to go back to one to eight. Um, when it was one versus eight, was it guaranteed that one and two were the division leaders, regardless of points? Yes, that was the that was always the one thing because if you had it happened in the past where one like the Pacific had not as good a division, 
and there was two central teams battling out and they had more points. I know it's happened before, so I've never seen it in the past. So you could have like just say like St. Louis with 120 points, then LA with like 102, and then Chicago with 113. Yeah, and Chicago's number three. Yeah. Okay. I honestly I think that's kind of the way it needs to go. I think it needs to go back to a one through eight with the division leaders being the, the top two seeds. Cause you get um, like a bonus for being, I say bonus, but like at least the privilege of winning your division. So you get one of the top seeds. I think that's how yeah. it's kind of figured out. So yeah, I kind of like wouldn't if mind going back that, to that just to see a different type of matchup. Cause it seems like, you know, like that's, I get the point. Like you say, you're trying to, you're playing Chicago every year or you're playing. Right. So now we're playing Minnesota again, but like we said, Minnesota was a team that we didn't expect to even be here considering the buyouts they had and all the sure. other stuff. So sure. it's kind of interesting to see. So uh, and real quick to go back, it was actually, I had two things written. I had something written down, but it was wrong. It's Toronto and Tampa are the two hundred point teams. So that's the, so Toronto yeah, for, sorry. yeah. So they get the privilege of facing the two time defending stuff, Stanley cup champion, which is something. I'll tell you right now. I think it's a real possibility that Toronto goes out in the first again. Oh, I think so too. We'll talk about that. We're going to go to brief. We're going to do the blues and then we're going to, the blues will be like the kind of like complete breakdown. And then we're going to do kind of quick hits on the rest of the series is how we're going to work this one. So, um, so yeah, save your thoughts for that one. So let's get into the blues series. They break it down here. So uh, DX style, that's our little, uh, (laughs) so real quick. So Minnesota is finished up with the number two seed in the West record of 53, 22 and seven for 113 points. Uh, they wound up getting. They were fifth in NHL for goals per game, sixteenth, so about about average, and goals against per game. The power play and penalty kill are the one two things that kind of hampered them. Uh, they, they are were, bad. They eighteenth for power play and twenty fifth in penalty kill. So that's something I think the Blues and the, the Blues being very good on both of those, they can exploit both of those if they can get the man advantage. But remember the playoffs. Supposedly the whistle goes away. Things are called a little bit tighter. Uh, I mean, looser, excuse me. So who knows what will happen uh, there? So that's one of my keys for the Blues to win this series. As we get into this, uh, top score for the uh, Minnesota Wild is Kapritzov with 108 points. Ridiculous. Uh, definitely a superstar. Uh, good job. 47 goals. 47 goals, 61 assists. So uh, Fiala winds up being number two with 85 points. Zuccarello, 79. Hartman, 65. And Erickson Eck. Uh, 49 so pretty good up and down the rows there goaltending they went to shore that up with Marc-Andre Fleury getting him from Chicago uh, the record uh, doesn't really show is 28 23 and 5 but remember he was on Chicago for a good chunk of the season uh, he's at 2.9 goals against and a 0.908 uh, save percentage if you look at that and say oh that's really not that great but we also know Mark Andre Fleury in the playoffs is different, and the Blues never phased that. I always thought the Blues played pretty well against Fleury overall. I think they have too, both in Pittsburgh and in Vegas and in so, Chicago. Yeah, so I think overall, I think they played really well. So that's a something to watch out for. Talbot will is just like the Blues. They both teams have solid goaltending. They can easily go to their "quote unquote" backup. Yeah, which is funny. It's their displaced starter, which on both. So the Blues are going to probably go with Billy Huso, which we'll get into. Is, is Flurry for sure the starter. Everything that I've read that that people are alluding to, Flurry don't mean the number one guy. Okay, I've not seen like an it official that official. Scare me. 
I, I'll be the thing is, I don't think either one really scares me because I think they played really well against that bought this team for a while now. Maybe that's why I can't tell, but somebody I've never really thought he's a solid tandem goalie. I never thought he was like the guy goalie. Yeah. Um, so we'll see how that turns out. So there's the year uh, breakdown for Minnesota. So the blues finished 109 points, very good season at 49, 22 and 11 third in the central. They're just 0.01 goals against higher than uh, Minnesota. So they went out finishing third in NHL. They're 11th in goals against 2.91. So pretty good there. But here's where the blues wind up shining is the power play and penalty kill power play at a solid 27% for second in NHL, which how many years did we see such an inept power play in your, we were just like streaky. I will say that. Yeah. When they're on, they're on though. That's the thing is like, it looks ridiculous, but when it's off, it doesn't look great. Like there, there's a couple of times during a game, some games where they still have power play and they're, it's just not happening. Yeah. And you're like, all right, throw this one away. And then they'll have one later in the game and it'll be like 15, 20 seconds in and it'll be like a tic-tac-toe perfect play. And you're like, oh, that second O'Reilly goal against Vegas. How long was that power play? Three seconds? Yeah, about that. It was like five five seconds or something like that. It was ridiculous. So the penalty kill also had a solid 84.1%. Jim Montgomery has come in, former coach of the Dallas Stars. And it seems like he slowly put his footprint on this uh, power play and penalty kill unit. Yeah, And I suspect, as uh, somebody alluded to on uh, Twitter I saw the other day, I wish I remembered who said that, I wouldn't be surprised if he starts to get, you hear whispers about him get, getting some NHL uh, coaching, head coaching jobs again. Yeah, Because you know, Because, you know. After he left in disgrace in Dallas. Yeah, so it seems like he's turned things around, so good for him. Uh, so the Blues, uh, you know, got a good, good one there. It took a chance, and it's worked out for them. So he's on the bench this year along with Steve Ott. And Steve Ott's been one of those guys they've talked about possibly uh, getting head coaching jobs eventually, which is crazy to think about. So, well, obviously, when you have a team that's very successful, they look at looking at all the coaches. And when the head coach is wrapped up, obviously, as Garuba is, you start looking at the assistants. And uh, looks like those guys could be on the move. We'll see. But real quick, back to the top scores. The third star of, for the month of April, Vladimir Tarasenko, 34 goals, 48 assists. For 82 points. Yep. So he is uh, definitely bounced back because we talked to with our Greg, our friend Greg Wyshynski from ESPN on the last podcast, how Tarasenko has bounced back. And uh, as Chris pointed out, Chris, we pointed out before we uh, cracked the mics here, uh, he was wrong. So Ryan O'Reilly did get his 2020 and 21st actually goals. That's right. So, um, so we were right. <laughs> right. But at least we, uh, we were happy that it happened. So nine 20 goal scores. Uh, is ridiculous. Robert Thomas, 20 goals, 77 points. Pavel Bushnevis, 30 goals, 76 points. Uh, Kairou seems like he's slowly, you know, he obviously kind of dried up a little bit after the All-Star game until the last, like, two weeks, basically. He started to get some points back. Seems like the puck's starting to go in for him. We'll take that. So 27 goals, 48 assists for Jordan Kairou. A breakout year for him and another breakout year for this guy. Why would we get a jersey of this guy? Uh, Ivan Barbashev, 26 goals and 34 assists for 60 points. I have a Chicago Wolves jersey. That's as far as it's going. Yeah, so anyway, so a little joke there. But anyway, solid guy. I, I you can't argue the guy's had a great no, year No, not year. at all. I mean, so, look, 
I uh, so I will we'll say that I was always pinned him as a solid, really good fourth liner, could fill in on up high for a short amount of time as he can. He's turned out this year to fill in no lower than the third line. He's been he's been in a mainstay on the third line, and that him Shen and Cairo have formed that third line and slowly winding in the form. Like I think it's starting to come around. I'll tell you, I think of of all nine twenty goal scorers, he to me he's the most surprising. Mm-hmm. Like if if you could get in the DeLorean right now and go back to October and pull up in front of Chris and Jason in October and get out and say nine Blues players are going to have twenty goals, guess who they are? I'll bet you that we could probably name seven of them. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I would have guessed Kairu. I would have thought that he would have gotten close, and I certainly would have never thought. Bar- uh, I- Ivan Barbashev. I yeah. don't know who I would have put there instead of him. Um, but yeah, man, I, great year by him. And I th- it, think it just shows how together this team is. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. And this to me is the deepest forward team. You, the thing is you ever had, you've had guys who are dangerous on any line. Mm-hmm. There's been there's been teams where the talent up top has been greater than this. I'm not because yes. obviously oh, somebody sure. so, somebody told me the other day is like you think this team is better than when Gretzky and Hall were on it. I'm like, oh no, like it's Gretzky and Hall. I get that. Like the you know defense is another story, but I think right. top to bottom, forward line wise, it's very dangerous. And the fourth line is slowly coming around thanks to our AHL uh, guys coming into the fold with uh, yep. Logan Logan Brown. Torpachinko and Walker seem to have slowly made that line hum and they're producing a All goal Walker here and there. Winning goals. That's all yeah. he does. And he just and he just gets in on the thing. Like Willie Goran hits people to do his best, but he gets in on the four check. Torpachinko will hit. Yeah. Um, Logan, Logan Brown had a rough game against Vegas. He goes back and forth. Like he has some good games and some bad. And I think that will grow. And that's why you have guys like Tyler Bozak that will fill in. So I wouldn't be surprised if Bozak possibly goes in for Brown. Uh, Bozak's face-off uh, prowess is the thing to look for. You can sure. use him because if you need him on also on penalty kill too, Bozak yeah. was getting used quite a bit. So I think you might see Bozak slide in there. Um, it looks like everybody is healthy. Officially, they announced today, uh, the Blues uh, announced that Scandell and Shen are quote-unquote available for game one, which wasn't surprising, but they're official, it's official now. So Everybody is very – and Dakota Joshua is recalled as well. So, I think he will serve as your extra for now, uh, along with, like, Mikola and uh, Perunovic is skating. He's not not off IR yet, but I don't think you have a chance of seeing Scott Perunovic unless we're talking another month and a half from now, which is be great. But uh, the Blues will have to lose quite a bit on defense for that to happen as well. Uh, I don't disagree with that. Uh, Did we ever figure out why – they held Shen out because all reports were that Shen was going to play that game against Vegas. I, I'm guessing just dinged up and then there, nothing was really officially. And you know, all the guys are just people who tweeted, you know, both, you know, Rutherford and Korak and anybody who was out there, like, why is he getting held out? And there's like no official word, probably, probably dinged up a bit and just saving it for the playoffs. So I think, I think they saw the big picture and they're just like, same with Scandella. I think Scandella was dinged up. Um, so I think that's what they're basically going with here. So game one, we'll start, uh, we're recording on the first here. So tomorrow night. And, and of course, let's not, let's not, we're not surprised about the game times, right? No. 
Okay, let's not be. I would. I'll be honest. Don't be those people. I'll be honest. Like at least out of the first four games you announced, maybe half of them make it eight thirty. Give us like one seven o'clock game, and of course on Mother's Day, why are you making the game at three thirty, man? Come on. (sighs) Come on. I gotta see my mom's. Like I know. I know. No, no. So anyway, my mom was like, I don't care. I know. So well, we normally have a thing that goes on during the day. So we'll see what happens. But I'll be watching the game. Maybe not in attendance, but at least there. So anyway, game one. Uh, so all these are 830, except for the game four game we just talked about. So Monday, Wednesday, and Friday this week, 830 games. Uh, so stock up on your energy drinks, whatever you do to keep up. I'm not saying what you use to keep yourself up. So do what you need to do to stay up. So I smoke rocks. <laughs> like I said, I won't say how you want to stay up, but you stay up the way you want to stay up. So a lot of the games coming up at eight uh, thirty. So instead, all of the we did all the boring monotone uh, stats, you know that not you know that we go through. But at the end of the day, the Blues have looked really well against Minnesota for quite some time now. Ever since yeah. Rubey's taken over, the Blues have almost a seventy-five uh, percent winning percentage against this team. Um, so there's one stat we didn't mention that I think is very interesting. Uh, and it's this year specific. And I think this is, it's, it's only going to mean something, I think, for game one, if that. Um, game one is going to be the first time the Blues have been in the XL Energy Center all year. Mm-hmm. Only other time the Blues played in Minnesota this year was the Winter Classic. Which was negative 30 outside. Correct. Remember that. All yeah. the other games were in St. Louis. So, you know, the atmosphere in Minnesota in St. I should say in St. Paul is ridiculous. Like it's the state of hockey for a reason. And that place gets loud. Um, so I think the blues are going to have to fight through that the first game. Cause they haven't, they haven't experienced it yet this year. Um, but again, they're pros. There's nothing they haven't seen before. Yeah. And uh, we have to keep referencing it because it happened. And I know, I know some people get tired, like, Hey, that happened three years ago. Like who cares? Remember, the Blues played exceptionally well on the road. Yeah, they really did. So, like, we're throwing out the bubble. We're throwing out last year because, <laughs> obviously, very weird years, to say the least. So, mm-hmm. the best way to reference to do is, obviously, the last time was a quote-unquote normal year, which was the year they won it. So, that's what we're, gonna, that's what we're referencing. That's when they won seed it. were so, they that year? Say again? What year or what seed were they in 2019? Weren't they? They were the first wild card, weren't they? Are they number no, they three? They were third. They were they third, third. In the conference. Third in the, they were third in the conference. It's and they're playing very. And once again, they had the winning streak. They had a nine-game winning streak and a sixteen-game point streak. Yep. Um. So they've obviously had the similar streaks. People are talking about the eerie similarities to this. But at the end of the day, this Blues team has played very well against Minnesota. Yes. The deepest forward unit you can have. So basically, you have three lines who could score at any time, and you got your fourth line who not only gets in on a four check really well, and also has a penchant for scoring. Yep. So you, so we talked about the positives. Let's go with the potential negatives. Okay. Number one, the defense. Obviously, the defense is one that we've seen is done really well. Obviously, during the streak when they play really well, Colton Preco has played like a number one guy, and that's been great. Yeah. But there's been times during the year where not played that great. And other guys have struggled. I mean, obviously, we've had injuries, which haven't helped. The Nick Luddy trade, which we talked about, we thought was okay. I think that that is the glue right now that's holding this defense together, is having Nick Luddy back there. 
uh, and limiting uh, Scandella's time. Yeah, Scandella's guy gets moved down to your third pairing along with Robert Bortuzzo, and that's helped quite a bit. Obviously, a lot of guys have been sitting with little dings along the way, like Bortuzzo sat a, a game or two. Shen sat a few games. Um, Krug was out for a couple of games. So I think and Perron sat out for – and all of them were funny. They skated the morning skate. And then literally a half hour before the game, before the the warmups, like, oh yeah, David Brown's not playing. Yeah. Oh yeah, Tori Krug's not playing. So I think there's a lot of guys are like, yeah, I'm not feeling it, and I want to get ready for next week. Which do you blame them? Not really. No. Nope. No. Not sure. No. So the defense is the only thing to really kind of worry about at this point. Obviously, the Nick Letty thing has worked worked out for the most part. Uh, Marcus Scandella, no matter what pairing is on, is kind of worries me. Lemmingtina's minutes, I think, helps. Uh, let's yes. see how it goes. Um, and if Pareko keeps playing like he was during the 14-game point streak and he basically had the best plus-minus in the NHL or second-best plus-minus, he plays like that, I think that's good for the Blues this series. That's going to make a make a difference in this series. Uh, and obviously – I still wish he would shoot more. There was – he had an opportunity early in the Vegas game where the puck came to the point and he, again, just stood there with it and then passed. And I was like, oh, buddy like just wind up especially with this thing and obviously minnesota uh defense i really they got spurgeon dumba um brolin uh, uh brodine excuse me uh will uh block a lot of shots i mean spurgeon was out for a little bit after blocking a shot so that's something to keep an eye on for just get some pucks towards the net uh, the last thing, which maybe not a negative, but just kind of unknown, is how which Greg Wyshynski kind of brought up. How will Billy Huso perform in the playoffs? But you've never had will Billy Huso perform like this year, Billy Huso, or last year, Billy Huso? Um, the only positive we have about that is we have a goaltender who's been through this already. So maybe this. Go ahead. The goaltending situation for both teams is eerily similar. I think. It would not surprise me if you see all four goaltenders at some point in the series. Um, you know, you look at, like you were saying with the Blues, you have Billy Huso, who it's just his first foray to the postseason. And, and how does he handle it? You know, does he stay as good uh, as he's been all year? Or does he, does the pressure get to him? And we have to, you know, you have to turn to, to Bennington, who's proven he can get it done. I think the same thing could be said in Minnesota. You know, you've got Cam Talbot, who has had a very good regular season. Um, but, you know, everyone knows that Cam Talbot hadn't really been the guy who you want to ride on your, on the way to a Stanley Cup. So they bring in, you know, Marc-Andre Fleury, who's won a few Stanley Cups, and he's been to five Stanley Cup finals. Um, he's got the experience. I, I, I'm telling you, I, I, I think that, Goaltending is a big question mark on both sides of these uh, of this series. And I think that both teams have the ability to have shutdown games followed by the ability to give up five goals. Because um, both these offenses are clicking. Because that's the thing, too. Is, and I'm taking away from anything away from Minnesota, which it seems like obviously we're a Blues podcast. We'll talk about the Blues mostly. Minnesota is not a bad team. As many Uh-oh. people, almost may, every team, I said every preview that I read trying to prep for this, almost every person says it was a toss-up. Uh, I'll be honest, uh, most people, even Money Puck gives the edge to Minnesota by a 70.9% chance to win this series. Um, um, and also Minnesota has a better chance to win the Cup, and it's based on their path. They would have, It's all based on that. So the Blues, 
um, from what I've seen, if they basically have, if all the top seeds win, the Blues have statistically the hardest path to win the Stanley Cup this year because they would have to face, obviously, Minnesota. And then if the top teams all win, obviously. So Colorado, the Nets face Calgary, and then they have to face, uh, like, Florida. Yeah. You're facing all the top teams, and that's that to be ridiculous. But um, so one of the toughest. I mean, would that be roads. really any different than Minnesota's path? Except for the fact that technically Minnesota's playing a lower seed in the first round. I think that's why they get the edge on like why they get it because they're playing a lower seed. I don't know. It makes it's, you wonder if that money punt number would be switched if the Blues had home ice. Yeah. Uh, well, real quick, do you think that is even remotely going to affect this series? Uh, I think it, it affects the series in one way. Uh, if Minnesota wins a game early in this series, if they win, let's say game one, uh, I think it, I think it gets the, we can't beat the blues out of their head. If St. Louis can win both games in Minnesota, I think that, Minnesota is going to start down the path of why can't we beat St. Louis? We can never beat St. Louis. We're like, Oh, for the century against St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think the only way that home ice comes in is a factor is if Minnesota wins early in the series. Um, I don't think it matters at all to St. Louis. I mean, obviously you'd like to have game seven at home. Should the series go seven games. Um, but outside from that, I no, I don't think it matters at all. Yeah, it probably matters. It probably matters more for Minnesota because Minnesota is more top heavy, and being able to make that second or that last line change um, gives them the ability to get their big guns out there when they need it. Whereas the Blues can just roll three lines, really almost four lines, and not have much of a dip off. Yeah. Um... Yeah, that was going to be my next thing for the keys for losing in the series. And mine was, number one, take uh, take one of the games in Minnesota. For sure. Start. Well, you, you have, have to. to. I, I mean, think you have to at this point. Because, I mean, if you go down well, you 2-0, have to anyway. they got all the confidence. You have to yeah. win four games. So, we got to win well, one of Minnesota. Well, I mean, one of the first two games. They have to take yeah. one of those first two. And if they take one of those two, I think, like I said, the game one would be the key. Obviously, if you win that one, it, it gets them a little down. And then yep. if they win game two, maybe they start to think like, oh, maybe we can beat them. And then you come home, but you have the advantage coming home. I uh, think if if they win game one, it puts so much more pressure on Minnesota to win game two. And it's just going to mount and mount and mount and mount and mount. Yeah. And luckily you have a not a lot of guys from 2019 here. So you still have a good chunk of guys from 2019 that have done this before, have had other playoff experience. Uh, so I think that's definitely a good thing. I think you got a fully healthy. And uh, next thing I had is uh, uh, the health, being healthy. I think if you keep, especially your forward core, if that all stays the same, then you got to keep that Thomas Bushnevitz, Tarasenko line together. Yeah, they might not have a game where they do anything, but then there's games where they're nearly unstoppable, which I can see them taking over a game very easily. Well, the good thing for health is we're not playing a team with Nazem Kadri on it in the first round. So yeah, so they won't knock you don't have to worry about Chief Hiss. Yes, correct. Uh, the third thing I had is uh, your goaltending. If you can get – if your Billy Huso shines, it gives me the – I think it just projects out. Yeah, so Billy Huso is playing well, makes the defense feel like not better, but like 
everybody feels better in your team when you know you have a goalie back there stopping pucks, no matter how the team is playing. It just makes the team on the ice like, oh, like, okay, we got to pick him up now. Like, we're letting him leave him out to dry. And it's, that's a definitely a thing that's happens. So I think you get Huso playing well, or hell, even if Bennington comes in and starts playing well, that I think that's definitely a uh, net positive for the Blues to win this. So we'll go with last but not least, we'll go with our prediction for the series. So uh, series is not what we talked about, not home ice for the Blues, uh, but I personally see it Blues in six. Uh, I'm going to touch on two keys real quick that you didn't that I think are going to weigh heavily in this series. The first of which is special teams. Uh, as we mentioned, the blue special teams are towards the top of the NHL, both power play and PK. Uh, Minnesota's are not. And Minnesota is one of the most penalized teams in the league. Uh, if the blues can get Minnesota to draw penalties, um, then I think this series could be decided very quickly uh, on the Blues power play and the lack of penalty kill for Minnesota. Uh, the second one is, and I'm not mispronouncing this, I'm saying what I'm saying, kill the thrill. Like, there's one line on Minnesota you got to worry about. One, and it's Kaprizov. Kill him. Shut him down. If you can shut down that line, they have nothing left. Nothing. You saw it last year in the uh, Winnipeg and uh, Edmonton series where Winnipeg swept the Oilers by just shutting down uh, McDavid and and Dreisaitl. And they had nothing else. They had nothing to follow up with. And I think that this Minnesota team is very similar. That top line is probably better than any line that St. Louis has. But St. Louis is so deep that we don't need to rely on one line to get it done. Minnesota does. Um, so those two, those are my two keys to this series. And I think that the Blues win this game, win this series. I want to be bold and say five, but I'll say Blues and six on home ice. Yeah, so um, I think you're going to see the Ryan O'Reilly line up against the Kaprizov line quite a bit. I think so too. I think that's going to be the key to win that series. You got three veterans on that line. It's going to be Perron, O'Reilly, and Saad going against guys like Fiala and Kaprizov. So that'll be a really good uh, test for them. Yep. So I really like that. So then we'll talk about that. So the Blues, we have the Blues winning, calls homers, whatever. So we're going to go down the line here and just do quick hits. What you think? So in the uh, Pacific League, yeah, Pacific League, Pacific Division. Uh, Oilers versus Kings, the other two versus three in the West. Uh, how do you see that shaking out? So Oilers with the uh, top, uh, mind you, remember, L.A., two things out of this I'll mention. Uh, number one, uh, L.A. does not have a top defenseman. Drew Dory is out for the year with a knee injury yep. or shoulder knee. I can't remember what it was. And number two, uh, we won't see Dustin Brown anymore. He is officially retiring after this series. Darn. Yeah, I know our, our, um, friend Bob, our friend Bobby probably doesn't like us saying that, but, you know. I, I'll tell you, I said it last year in the series wrap-up. I'm going to say it again this year. Until this team wins, I can't pick them to win a series. L.A. in seven. Oh, that's a bold one there, so I'm going with the Oilers. Until, until Edmonton starts winning series, they're like Toronto. I, yep. Until they win, I can't pick them. Uh, the goaltending, once again, is the thing that I think is an issue. It seems like under the new coach, they started to play a lot better. 
Yes, so, for sure. Oh, for sure. For so sure. it seems like they you got a what's the name out of there? Guy used to coach the Sharks. See his face. Oh, uh, um, hold on, Sutter. Not, no, he's in Calgary. Oh, that's right. He is in Calgary. Uh, it doesn't matter. They're not going anyway. Anyway, so uh, I got well. I I differ, and I say actually, I see the Oilers actually using this momentum they built to actually trounce the LA Kings. I say Oilers in five. Okay. So we'll see. Like I said, hey, maybe it's me jinxing them, and then they'll get swept. Who knows? Uh, the other league, which last day shenanigans made this a uh, match of a possibility with the Predators blowing it after having a four nothing lead in Arizona, oh, and losing five to four in regulation. And with uh, Dallas winning, now the Predators get the bonus of playing the Colorado Avalanche. So Avalanche versus the second wild card, which is the Predators. So Avalanche have home ice. Predator, uh, this one, I like the matchup. It's going to be a funner series than I think people think. Do we know who's in goal for Nashville? Not Soros. <laughs> yeah. I, that's, to me, that, that's what's scary is like you're – you're going into a, a, a series against the Colorado Avalanche with a qu- big question mark and goal. Yeah. Uh, David Riddick, I believe, looking that up. Big save, Dave. Yeah. Big save, Dave, is starting the series. Oh, Jesus. Um, yeah. Okay. So, unfortunately, I thought this game would go a lot longer. The series would go a lot longer if it was UC Soros. I was oh, gonna say, yeah. I was going to say the – I was going to say Avalanche in seven. But – since no UC Saros, that brings it down to five games for me. Yeah, I think you're right. I I, I would love Col- I would love Nashville to take them out, and I think that a healthy Nashville team gives them a run. But no UC Saros in this series is a big problem, uh, and I think it's going to be I think it's going to be Colorado in five. Unfortunately, so like you said, with the I wish we had the Predators versus Flames because they were had some bad blood brewing for a while uh, on those last couple of regular season games. So, yep. unfortunately, now it's the Flames and the Stars, which is still a good series. Um, this is what I'm going to call – this is my upset special for the uh, the night. So, I'm calling the Stars in seven. All right. <sighs> Mind you. And as we talked about this very, very shortly on the last podcast of the Wyshynski, I talked about Matthew Kachuk being a blue. I really want to be a blue now. I don't know if you saw what he did to the Nashville Predators uh, rookie who went after him. So after like a little scrum, this one uh, guy who had like less than 10 games experience was going after Kachuk and John Adam and stuff. Kachuk, it caught him on the mic saying, hey, do you want my autograph? Nice. And kept the and the other guy. And oh man, it was so great. So I'm like, I want Matthew Chuck on my team so bad, just for stuff like that to happen. And like people call it like amateur hour, or whatever. I whatever, love man. Look, I love the I love the, like chirping and stuff like that. Like it's ridiculous. And the same people who call it amateur hour thought it was great when Pat Maroon was was John at uh, Boston in Game Seven. Yeah. And I think it's great. So, uh, so what's your prediction for Calgary versus the Dallas Stars? So obviously Calgary with the home ice. I think Calgary is just too powerful. I think I think Calgary takes them in six. Yeah, I'll be a be a. I think it'll be. A, I'm going with that be the surprise series out of the West, but you never know. Uh, we'll work our way down the East. Work for the top on bottom. So I got messes up before, but now I see Hurricanes and Bruins potential for a really good series. Um, Hurricanes top seed and they're from their division. So who do you think wins this one? I think it's Carolina. I think uh, they got Antti Ranta back and net. Uh, Frederick, strong... Frederick, Frederick Anderson back. They got both goalies oh, back. I'm actually. sorry, yeah. 
Um, both goalies I, technically were hurt too, but they get both their goalies back. So they don't have to go with their third stringer for the playoffs, which that would have oh, been disaster. Uh, Boston has been good, but there have been long stretches with Boston where they've looked old. Um, and Swayman has unfortunately kind of lost his groove from earlier in the year yeah. where he was playing really well. And Allmark is hurt right now. So it might be Swayman going into the playoffs. I'm going to say Calgary, or not Calgary, uh, Carolina in five. Yeah, I was going to say in six, because I think Boston you know, has that ability to shut guys down still. And as much as you want to count out guys like Bergeron and Marchand and stuff, like, eh, I think they can pull out a couple at least. Yeah. Uh, so the series we kind of talked about very early on, about two very good teams face off in the first round, and one team's obviously going to lose, is the Maple Leafs and Lightning. So two versus three, that'd be the Maple Leafs uh, start at home. So who do you see uh, shaking out? You kind of alluded to this earlier, but who do you see shaking out of the series? Uh, to quote a great man, to be the man, you got to beat the man. Uh, until someone beats the uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning, they're still the best team in hockey. Compound that with what I said earlier, same thing with the uh, Edmonton Oilers. Until you start winning games, I can't bet on you. Toronto, get ready for your city to burn because you're going out in the first again. And I'm going to say Tampa in six. So uh, I am going the uh, opposite way again. So I'm going with Toronto in six. I think Vasilevsky looked okay this year, not his usual self. Um, They very well could. I just, again, this is my, I I hardly ever, hardly ever go against the defending champ in the first round. Combine that with the fact that Toronto has a gigantic monkey on their back. Two of them. First is no Stanley Cups in 50-something years. Second is they can't get out of the first round in what, 19 seasons? It's been a while. So, yeah, man, there's a lot, there's a lot of pressure. And arguably the biggest hockey market in the world. Yeah, I would for, say. Except for maybe Montreal. But I I'll, think say, I'll say Toronto's probably turned bigger. Um, yeah. More pressure for sure. But I, I think Toronto finally gets it done this year. But I think if it does, if they don't, I think that's a – that's a oh, Mitch Marner, and is, bags, you're out. Oh uh, yeah, they're keeping Austin uh, Matthews for sure. So yeah, Mitch Marner, William, William Nylander, guys like that are getting shipped out. And Anybody not keep... named Austin Matthews should be worried about their job if they lose in the first. Yeah, I agree there. Uh, the last two uh, matchups in the East, obviously the Rangers and Penguins. We talked about it very slightly. Rangers get the uh, home ice here. Uh, this is. A, Closer series, and you think that the Rangers are making kind of like their way back, finally living up to that promise of the rebuild for many, many years. Um, you know, uh, obviously, uh, Chishurskin, uh playing very well, being MVP, not only Vesna, but probably MVP candidate at this point. Yep. Um, I think I see him stealing this series, and I'm going with uh, Rangers in six. I love the Penguins, and I think that that Crosby still has magic in him. But this team, this this Penguins team, just doesn't seem to have it this year. Um, and I'm going to say that the Rangers advance in six. Yep. And last but not least, the best team in the NHL, the Florida Panthers. Weird to say, against the uh, Washington Capitals, who is the wild card number two. Uh, this one is very easy to me. I I really like this Panthers team, uh, especially when they're going on all cylinders. And I'm calling it the as my uh, sweep special. So. The Panthers in four. Really? I just, I, as much as I love Ovechkin and I really want the guy to be like 
I truly do want him to like go for the record against yeah. Gretzky. I really love Wayne Gretzky, but I think somebody like Ovechkin, like as much as I don't know, there's people who hate the guy. I know there is, but it's something just we don't get to see him that often here in St. Louis, except for once a season. So when no. you do, you know you're seeing like a once in a lifetime player, and that's why I think that's why I really like him. And just he's got no matter what you do to stop him on the power play, he has that spot that Ovechkin oh, spot. And he still scores. Yeah, we've talked about it a million times. Like, and we're like, the true just sign of greatness is when everyone on the ice knows where you're going to go, and you still go there and score. Like, it's not a secret where he's going to go, and he still gets it done. Yeah, it would be great if, like, I wish that we always used to joke, be like, have a guy for literally just stand in that spot, even though no one's there. Just have a guy yeah, sacrifice him, post him up, forge yeah. pylon. Yep, and then you'll stop him, and yet he still finds a way to score, which is crazy. So my prediction is Panthers in four. Uh, I think that I'm going to call this my upset special. Oh, here it is. For for numerous reasons. Number one, I think the curse of the President's Trophy happens, and I think the curse of Joe Thornton happens, and I think the curse of you're still the Florida Panthers happens. Um. And there's just something about the Washington Capitals in the playoffs. They're a hard out. And anytime you've got arguably the best player in the league on your team, you're never out of the series. Um, I think that if Washington can catch a lead in this series, I think Florida's going to panic. And I don't – I know they've got a lot of veterans on that team now and a lot of big money spent. But I think this is, again, another situation where I think the pressure is going to build on this Florida team, and I don't know if they're equipped to handle it. I'm going to say it's not going to be easy, but I'm going to say the Capitals in seven. Oh, it should be uh... – Interesting series. I mean, Chris go the opposite way on there. So we'll just do our first round predictions. Obviously, the second round comes around. Hopefully, the Blues are there so we can make some more predictions. So yep. it should be a good series. Uh, I think our goal is as much as I would like to do one after every game with the times and, and yeah. us having to work. Uh, it's going to be uh, tough. So I think the goal is we'll probably do one before game four. We'll be at you. We'll recap the next three games and we'll uh, go from there. So uh, that's our big playoff preview. So uh, before we get out of here, let's know where to find us on first of all on Twitter at Blues Hockey NHL. And Chris is at at Hossapalooza. After that, you can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at Blues Hockey Podcast. Also, if you need to find any of those things or email us even. Uh, go to our website. It's blueshockeypodcast.com or .net. Either one will get you there and give you a, a bunch of links to a bunch of stuff. One being all the podcast. Number two, uh, we're downloading the podcast, which is includes Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music. Uh, you also listen to it on the website and many other places, Pocket Cast, Google Play, uh, all those fine places. Anchor even is where you can find us. So uh those are those those and then also uh, you can go to our sponsors first off being DraftKings. use the code thpn and today and you can bet on all the nhl playoff games coming up i uh, used to go thpn by creating a new account at DraftKings today so 
And second one is Lucky Lola's. Lucky Lola's, it's going to be that barbecue season. So get your Lucky Lola's brats. And I know they have some snack sticks coming out soon, which look amazing. Let's go ahead and use that. And then also I'm going to fire up the smoker here, I think, next weekend and get some uh, salmon. And what am I going to put on it, Chris? You know what season it is. It's salmon rubbing season. Very ridiculous. And so go ahead and get both those products along with the jalapeno sweet heat at uh, Kenrick's Fresh Time uh, today for your barbecue season. So last but not least, uh, let's talk about our friends over at the Rockstar Taco at Gaslight Lounge. First off, they got a new special coming up, which looks ridiculous. Dude. Oh, my God. I want it now. Like so right now. starting Tuesday, so it'll be May 3rd. Uh, they will have their, 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 you know, doing a local collaboration with Joe's Deli, which is their hot, their hard salami or hot salami, whatever I want to say it. Mm-hmm. And um, he's making a quesadilla. So it's, it looks ridiculous. So go it to their, so uh, go to their uh, Instagram or Facebook page and you can see the picture of them making it. It looks amazing. It'll be available starting Tuesday. So uh, go ahead and order that. They have carry out available, so go ahead and order that and get ready for the Blues game on Wednesday night right before you're ready to uh, sit down and get some uh, – go and go pick some up and get ready for the game. So, yeah, that along with all the other specials, along with your Rockstar uh, taco dust that you put on popcorn and whatever you're doing, use that. Yeah, the normal tacos, I think we're going to have something coming up there soon. I got to do some talking to Will, but I think the play here is you're ready to head down for the game, you know – Wednesday night, uh, excuse me, Friday night, which Chris is probably going to do. Why don't you swing on by and get some tacos beforehand and then yep. uh, head down to the game. So uh, Rockstar Taco Shack at uh, Office Shaw Avenue down the hill. So go and check them out. So I think that nails everything we need to here, Chris. And I think, I know, Thank Chris, you. I think we're uh, ready for another really long run here. I think the Blues have a shot. I really do. It's not me, do. Just being I... homer, not, me being, not me being homerish here, but I think just the way they're built. If the defense holds up and the goaltending holds up, I think you have a legit shot to not be like the team that won the cup where it was like shutting down teams and then, you know, kind of plugging away and getting a goal. You can, this team can score at will, which is way different. Which is weird. It's yeah. so anti-blues. Yeah. So I think they have a legit shot here. So it should be fun. So, uh, all right. We'll talk to you. Hopefully uh, talk about the blues being up 3-0. Fingers crossed, man. Let's go blues. Nervous, 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 nervous